All right, you better start it off because my banter that I had planned was vetoed by you. <laughs> Every time I'm looking at your wall, you have something called the the Larry Fessenden collection. Mm-hmm. Fessenden. Yeah. Every time I I look at it, even though I, you know this is episode sixty five, mm-hmm. which means I've been down in your basement at least 70, 80 times. And I always look up, and I always expected to say the Larry Sanders show. <laughs> oh, uh, we talked about him. He was in, he was the victim in your next at the very beginning, like the douchebag that was like banging the. Okay. And I said yeah. that he's like this indie god guy. Okay. Yeah, that's him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's that what is. I brought to the table. Today. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. And maybe some more voices. <laughs> okay. we'll see how the episode Let's goes. We all get punished for that. Um. Am I supposed to bring up the debate that we had or not? I don't care if you okay. want to. So we debated because I was like, hey, don't forget we're a week into this, this contest thing. And you're like, what are you talking about? That hasn't started yet. That's No, that's not exactly <laughs> what you said. Uh, you said you wanted to talk about it on the podcast. And I said that, well, A, I, ha- I haven't started really yet. <laughs> I haven't weighed myself yet. But B, we were recording this the day after that episode came out. Yeah. So as far as the audience is concerned, it just started. Yeah. But but so I'm but, not going to punish you for starting early. You can still add those pounds. Yeah. But at the same time, like I, we so can't. I w- we also can't come on the podcast and talk about it week to week because of recording schedules. I wasn't expecting. We that. do back to back and I, everything. What I thought was going to happen was like, all right, this was week one. This is. <laughs> The hard, you know, this is starting something. It's also a short week. Uh, how how was your first week? And then you were just like, I've just been eating Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> like the Girl Scout cookies just arrived yesterday. We ordered them like three months ago. Mm-hmm. So you so, got to get, get those knocked out quick. Yeah. When those are out of the house, then maybe, then maybe I'll start real hard. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like. I got 36 weeks. I, I was talking to my wife about it and she was like, uh. She said, like, Justin could just start, like, the four weeks before and then just kick your ass still. Like, just do awesome. And I was like, I know. I, I'm aware of that. But that's. Yeah. The last time I really was like, I need to lose weight. I lost 60 pounds in 60 days. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when you eat like an asshole, it just turns out don't eat like an asshole yeah You'll, all that weight just melts away <laughs> it's amazing yeah. yeah um that's good um yeah what else is the wheat week brought you <laughs> the wheat the wheat the wheat brings fat <laughs> gluten uh but mostly carbohydrates mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh no no sad lunch stories uh i i, I have lots of sad lunch stories <laughs> Because I've been working on it this week. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I had I had lunch with my mother yesterday, and uh, so she we started talking about the podcast, and she was like episode sixty, I think sixty four. She's like, "You're on episode sixty four. I was like, "Yeah, it's like we've been doing this," because <laughs> she doesn't care. I mean, she cares, but she doesn't. She's not gonna listen. No, of course not. No. She's not going to keep up with it. No. And then she started talking about, like, movies that she watched as a kid that, like, scared the crap out of her. Mm-hmm. And was like, we should watch those and I'll come on the podcast. 
I love it. And I texted you immediately. You were like, fuck yeah, let's do this. <laughs> that sounds amazing. So look forward to that in the, po- in the future. She also said that when she was on episode 15, she wishes really hard that she had said even half the things that came to her brain. She, yeah. So yeah. hopefully she's going to. I told her, say. take the filter off. Just, yes. Just fucking say what you want to say. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's something to look forward to. Uh, I don't think my mom will be able to make it. Why is that? Uh, she's still dead. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's still a thing? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, she's pretty persistent that way. <laughs> you know, uh, when they make up their minds. Yeah. Um, so two weeks in a row, we'll talk about horror news. Okay. Oh, wow. New movie announced for the end of March coming to the Sci-Fi Channel. Okay. It's a series. It's a new movie announced to come out in like a few days? Yes. Okay probably out by the time you're listening to this uh i don't know what our dates are uh today is the 23rd no, so it'll be, be this on the 29th. yep so today oh okay hey <laughs> do, 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 do. news there's a movie on tonight uh it is on the sci-fi channel it is the eighth or ninth movie in the series oh what's well, a brand new movie that they just dropped didn't tell us was coming and are like here you go justin uh, I think you've said House only has six, so I'm I'm not gonna guess House. I know Friday the Thirteenth has like thirteen. Uh, but it's also not big enough that it would be like Friday the Thirteenth would be in a theater. This yeah. is direct to sci-fi. Ah, uh, God. Nothing. All right, I'm gonna give it to Hellraiser. you. Leprechaun Returns. Oh my God! <laughs> debuts on Sci-Fi. Oh my God! Leprechaun Returns is a sequel to the original Leprechaun. Oh. It does not have Warwick Davis in it. Okay. Um, but it's definitely that design. And mm-hmm. I watched the trailer, and it's somebody doing their best Warwick Davis impression. Okay. It looks. Good. I mean, relative to being a leprechaun does he finally get to, to, to <laughs> I, do a real sh- one? He should get a chance, right? Yeah. Or he should have at least got a chance. That, he to... did great in a shit movie that wasn't his fault. He did great. He didn't. We don't know what he did. Okay. You said he did great. We don't know what the he behind did. The behind the scenes seemed like he was doing his his best. That sounded really condescending. It did. Look at he you. Probably, he probably did a, a good job with what he was given. Maybe. I don't know. All we know is that we can't judge. He could have shit the bed, too. We don't know. He could have. But but I don't feel like we got a chance to see him. But uh, I I looked, watched it, and it looks like I'm excited to watch it. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I thought that you would think... <laughs> and what's the deal with all of these franchises making sequels to originals and and negating all it's, it just gets so convoluted like then they reboot but then they reboot again and they mm-hmm. make it's it's getting crazy yeah it's i mean it's it's part of what hollywood is now is that it everything costs so much money to make that they want an audience pre-built it's hard to do okay here's a new idea so, but then they also have a lot of these franchises that have a lot of weight behind them. And honestly, in horror, generally, if once it gets past a, a, a few, they usually go comedy. Or 
the tilt comedy, and that can that can tick off some fans. Yeah. But also, oh. it's exciting, right? You're excited. Oh yeah. When you heard, oh, it's not. Well, uh, that's because I think it's a loyal fan base. Like you, could, we we just keep eating shit. It's not a sequel just... to Back to the Hood. No. It's a sequel to the original. Yes. So I'm I am excited for it. So and I thought that would be pertinent to you. Yeah, that's cool. So, um, speaking of weird franchises, mm-hmm. Willard. Yeah. Weird. It's not that, really a franchise. Well, it's a IP. Sure. It was a book that got turned into a movie. Uh-huh. And they got re- uh, like. It's <laughs> and then a, a movie that got turned into another movie. It's it's weird that it, I don't know, that it has that much staying. Like, it's a weird choice for a remake, I think. I think that somebody saw that movie and loved it, but knew all its flaws and tried to fix them. And I think that's why Willer 2003 happened. Okay. And that might be true, but that's probably true with every movie out there somebody loves and wants to remake. Sure. But it's crazy that they got New Line behind them and was for it. So Yeah. Uh, what's our synopsis of Willard, Justin? Uh, Willard 1971 is about a kind of everyman but below kind of like more of a schlub who just really has a shit life. He's a punching bag. He's a yeah. doormat. Yeah. Uh, and he finds a couple rat friends, and then shit happens. And then a horror movie starts. Yeah. Uh, The very opening of this movie, I was like, what the fuck? Is this the Willy Wonka theme? (laughs) It seriously sounds exactly like the Willy Wonka theme, and then it goes away from it, but it's just Mm -hmm. like the strings... And uh, like the pure imagination song, I swear to God, that's what I thought it was to the point that I was looking up to composer to see if it was the same guy. And if he was just like, I'm just going to give Willard the exact same thing that I did this one. I'll tweak it a little bit. It's not, but it's just like, it sounds so much like it. What, did Willy, was Willy Wonka pre-1971? I don't know. Was that in the 60s? I don't know. I might have my... Cr- don't don't <laughs> dissect my joke. Uh, Isn't... I was going to tell a story, but I realized I don't know it. I just saw a thing online that said that uh, Paris, the Mike TV, was just on Jeopardy. And he, like, plays second. But nobody, like, the, the show didn't acknowledge that that's who he was. Oh, yeah. 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 I remember seeing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, like, Twitter immediately outed him. Yeah. Like, holy shit, Mike TV just came in second on Jeopardy. Yeah. Why is nobody saying this? But he just was like, uh, yeah, I'm, this is my life now. I'm not going to mention that I, I was that annoying kid with the guns <laughs> who got shrunk. Um, so uh, pretty quickly, it's, it's Willard's birthday, and his mom is throwing a party with all of his friends. Nope. No, she very clearly says, all of your friends are here. Which means all of her friends. It's all of her friends because he has no friends. Right. This is a 65-year-old woman and her 65-year-old friends Mm -hmm. throwing a birthday party for this 22-year-old man. 27. This is 27th birthday. Uh, Yep, they say 27. They do say 27th birthday. You're correct. Uh, And I like that little thing I think is cool. This is establishing his social awkwardness, his anxieties, his Mm -hmm. why he would be off. Right. 
uh, and then they invite his boss, and then all they talk about he the boss never shows up, but all they talk about is how uh, he he should have taken over the company when his dad died, but he let Mr. Martin take it out from under. Well, his mom explains it because he's basically an extrovert, except it's all inside. <laughs> I think they have a word for that. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't could... remember what it is. No, 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 no. no. That's what you say. That. You say basically an extrovert, except it's all inside. That's what you weigh. That's how you describe somebody that's sort of like intra inside in, mm-hmm. you know, verted. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like there's the internet, mm-hmm. but then like you have your own like company internal. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what that's called either. It's like the internal. You know what? I don't. Hmm. We'll just we'll, just we'll agree her phrasing is perfect. We'll agree her phrasing is perfect. Yeah. Uh, and who plays uh, Mr. Martin? I got nothing. Ernest Borgnine. I saw his name in the credits. I was like, holy shit, it's fucking Ernest Borgnine. Do you not know Ernest Borgnine? I know that name. Uh, Did you know Bing Crosby was white? Okay, so <laughs> my favorite Ernest Borgnine thing that has ever happened, the best thing he's ever been in, was he was on, I think it was The View, or one of those chat shows, and it was like his 90th birthday or something, 80th birthday, something. It was his birthday and he's old, is the point. And they're like, you look so young, how do you stay so young? And he's like, ha 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 ha. And then he doesn't realize he's wearing a microphone (laughs) because he leans over, actually does the whole cover his hand thing. He leans over to one of the women and goes, I masturbate constantly. (laughs) Like that's his fountain of youth. And her face is like, you should not have told me that. You should not tell anybody that. Also, you have a microphone. That's incredible. I love it. But I think I might be the only person here that heard that. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, you said talk show. Have you watched the Joel McHale show? I have not yet. With Joel McHale? No, I have not yet. That's what it's called, yeah, which no. is the perfect title. Mm-hmm. It's so wonderful. Like, it's back. The the soup's back. That's awesome. Uh, I loved, I've always loved Talk Soup. Yeah. Like, who was the first host? I don't. I He was the only one I found boring. But well, they had like a in, a time in the middle where like people came on like for two or three weeks at a time. Like French Stewart was there for a short time yeah. and and stuff. But yeah, um, but he, who was the tiny the tiny little gay guy? He was great as the host, and I don't remember his name. I don't know. But they were but Joel McHale was perfect. Yeah, he was no, made for that exactly. And was he it, came on. Was and it had the a long guy tenure. with the white spot on his hair? Are you thinking of Scott Bakula? <laughs> No, no, no. Okay. It might have been. He had a white, spot, have a white spot on his head, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm never going to remember his name. Um, but no, it's... It's, it's Hal something. Hal Sparks was there. Hal was Sparks, it? yeah. Oh, is he the little gay guy? I think so. He's not gay. He was on Queer as Folk, though, which is probably oh. where you're getting the gay thing. Maybe. Like, he was on... He played a gay guy on Queer as Folk. Hal Sparks, yeah. That's yeah. what I'm thinking of. Yep. He, was, he did it for a while. But again, I think he was just like, they had these random people that did it for a while. I don't know if they were actually really hosts. Yeah. But it's everything that it was before. And it's wonderful. Like the little flourishes that they do. I love like they're on Netflix. And every time they say Netflix, it you the Netflix goes <laughs> off. 
Just those little things. Is my complaint. The, is the so meaty lady back? No. Oh, uh, that was my favorite part. The their bits need to die. Here's my thing, Joel okay, McHale. Sure. I know you're a listener. Uh, yeah, of course he is. But we've mentioned his name, so now he's listening. The well, he's always he just trolling constantly, looking for himself. Everybody he's knows the most self-absorbed him. person ever. <laughs> but it's why we love you. Yeah. Uh, he the the bits need to die, like the little sketches. And just needs to die, and they just need to do more clips and making fun of said clips. I heard they do a lot of like Korean dramas or whatever. Yeah, there's a Joel McHale's international moment. Nice. Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, it's great. Now, back to Willard. Okay. He leaves. He gets upset and leaves because they're just talking about how much of a failure he is, and he's mm-hmm. spineless. He goes out to the backyard. And he hope. really needs to repair that. I know he's got a lot of stuff on his plate, as mm-hmm. we talk about in He's got to put washers in the sink. Yeah, well, that wouldn't do any good. He's got to put washers <laughs> in the faucets. The laundry faucet it definitely needs washers. Yes, not the sink. You're so dumb with plumbing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Extol us on your knowledge of plumbing like, once again. <laughs> anyway uh welcome to clearing your pipes with russ <laughs> with yeah, my co-stars ernest borgnine yeah there you go <laughs> uh yeah that uh his his uh railing on that staircase on the way down from that porch that landing was pretty rickety he like touched it and it was like wobble 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 like i feel like that might have been built for the yeah and uh it was pretty wobbly who has what was that thing that he tried to drown the rats in because it it wasn't a fountain i think it is a rundown really nice house so it either was a fountain or it was like a koi pond hmm. that was dried okay. up because they don't have the money to keep it up and pay landscapers to come and do stuff i took it as a fountain or a koi i was imagining more of a koi pond because it was relatively big yeah um so it could be like one of those i just thought it was weird ahead of the rocks in the middle but they weren't the same height as the edge. They were like well below, so with it full, it would be th- those would be submerged. I don't know, but it's good for drawing rats. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, good. We 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 can agree with that. <laughs> um, so, excuse me. Um, we see Willard interacting with his boss, mm-hmm. and I want to know what your thoughts are on the Willard boss relationship. Uh, they're great. I, his boss is a is a total dick, but totally believable. Mm-hmm. And he's a totally down on his luck schlub who just takes it and gets worked around and has to work weekends and nights and and all sorts of this stuff. So, who is more at fault here, Willard or his boss? At fault for him being a crazy weirdo? No, at fault for his position in the company. Like, is his boss? Being over, his boss being too hard on him? Well, his boss is being a dick because he is the son of the the co-founder. So, his Willard's dad and Mr. Martin founded the company. Uh, basically, he runs his dad out of the business. His dad dies. So, basically, now Willard is just kind of like an obligation that he has that so he's just like well i have to keep you here but that doesn't mean i have to treat you right and so he just becomes his punching bag 
I'm not saying it's right. I'm yeah. Just... So I feel like Willard is a really terrible employee, though. Like, there might be a degree of what you're saying, mm-hmm. but I also feel like if Willard wasn't a turd, he could have progressed. Like, he did, if Willard was good, he would have been able to stick around. But we don't know how good or bad he is. We know that he is behind, but he says it's like it's constantly being shown that he's been given well more than just one person's work that's what so willard says that's what I mean, willard says yeah but if you have invitations that you're supposed to mail out for weeks at a time and mm-hmm. you can't get fucking invitations mailed out we don't know that the he problem didn't. they he, were in his desk were they yeah Okay, I didn't see that. He, just... he was like talking to the girl about him right before his boss asking about him. And then he played oh, dumb. Oh, that's what those were. Okay. And then he played dumb about it. Remember, because the guy walked over and said, I'll save you a stamp. I'll take mine. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense now. Yes. Point is, Willard is a terrible employee. Sure. And if you're that far behind on things, you're a giant piece of shit. Mm-hmm. But he's also taking how care of the, his mother. How is the video editing coming? Because you were well past your month. What? What what was that transition? No, nothing. That was just unrelated. That <laughs> didn't have anything to do. Oh, look, a squirrel. <laughs> no. Uh, Actually, if you want me to, I said that Willard is a piece of shit if it was overdue by that long and he hadn't got it done. Hmm. By the way, oh, okay. how's that editing going? Hmm. Doing really, should you set an alarm on your phone there? <laughs> I gave up on that. Actually, no, I didn't. It went off yesterday. I set it for tomorrow. Okay. I'm holding my breath. It's probably safe. Uh, I also wrote down here, Willard is a bad employee. Justin will defend. (laughs) No, really. He he needed an extra five weeks to get that one little project done. Mm, You should just let him keep, keep writing it out for a little more. I don't care. I'm good at what I do. Which is what? You haven't done anything. Not for the podcast. You're not paying me. (laughs) You're making money off the site. I'm not seeing any money there. (laughs) We don't need to talk about that. Oh, okay. Oh. You did make make it so I can't put a spam filter on there now. What? Well, because it's free if you're not making money off the site. But we are. How are we making money? So. Because you put affiliate links in. Hmm? The the when you buy buy my book, mm-hmm. buy this book, you, those are affiliate links. I hope those are your affiliate links. If they're not, then you're making someone else money. Uh, I signed up for the affiliate program, but okay. I didn't. But I knew that we weren't going to hit those numbers. Okay. So I just went to the Amazon page. Okay, the links still are have an affiliate link. Okay, then I need to change that then. Because yeah. I put let's it in totally there. talk about this on the mic more. Good. <laughs> <laughs> let's <laughs> talk nuts nuts and bolts. Um, so other than Justin will defend. Uh, so his mom starts giving him all this shit. You got to mm-hmm. do all this stuff. You got to do all this stuff. There are rats. You need to deal with these rats in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's a little unsure about doing so. Well, he seems very gung-ho about it. He leads them to the center rock. He takes the, the plank away. 
and he's going to drown those rats. Mm-hmm. So he fills this koi pond, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. uh, with water, and there are real rats mm-hmm. on the middle of this rock mm-hmm. as water is going up. The very last second, Willard decides he's going to save them and recreates the bridge with a piece of wood. Mm-hmm. And these real rats have to really jump on that board to save their lives. Right. Well, okay, I don't think anyone is going to let them drown if the take doesn't go right. No, but it's the I idea. would hope not. I no. don't know. It's 1971. It's true, yeah. There's just hundreds of dead I'm rats. I'm pretty sure they threw actual rats at Ernest Borgnine, so. Who apparently had a fear of rats before this movie and had to be uh, coped, like trained to be around them. We had rats growing up at one point. Like as pets? Yeah. Okay. And that's totally different than like a nasty little... Yeah. Like I see a mouse somewhere and I still like will recoil like a girl. That is not the same thing no. as like the... the you see a these. mouse in a pet store, you're like, oh, that's cute. You see a mouse like out in the world, you're like, fuck that. And that needs to die. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Um, And this is the moment where he's like, all right, I'm going to save these rats. Mm-hmm. He befriends this albino. Right. names it Socrates because it's so smart. Mm-hmm. And that's where the love story starts. Yeah. He teaches it the word food and empty. And like basically cut to there's a shit ton of rats in his basement. Yeah, because they tell their friends. I guess. So they tell their friends and things continue to go downhill at work. Uh, he starts a uh, courting this woman that's been hired of hired on to help him, mm-hmm. who is the prettiest gal I've ever seen. She was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so he's got all these rats. Uh, he finds another big rat named Ben. Uh, and so like Ben and Socrates are kind of his his pals. He takes them to work sometimes. And so you mentioned the party. He decides, my boss is a dick, I'm going to take these rats and I'm going to ruin his party. Yeah. Uh, this is after his boss like has made some big big deal with somebody else, so they are celebrating about how they made this big deal oh, yeah. with this money. And one of them makes a joke about the black market, and I think the implication is that they just did something illegal and shady. Well, he well, He's just a regular customer, and so he's letting him borrow money against a check. Okay. And so he's like, oh, you know, I want half of that in cash. And the joke was that he's going to go buy shit on the black market. Oh, okay. Which may or may not, which, I mean, obviously is shady. But whether it's for his business or not, or just for, like, pleasure. But, but if it was just a joke, like, that's fine. Like, oh, you're going to go buy hookers and blow. Yeah. But I feel like if he was real, I feel like this movie is a little off-center enough that they could literally mean like they could just say blatantly like we are going to go buy things on the black market sure <laughs> like, i'm going to hire a prostitute right now uh and i wasn't sure what your thoughts on there but you feel like that was a joke i mean it was a joke or like he knows that he likes to buy art or something okay and so where he's going he can buy some shady art okay that sounds fair so willard uh, drops all of these rats off at the party. Yeah. And all hell breaks loose mm-hmm. at this party with rats. You said that they were throwing real rats. I felt like it was definitely fake ones because, like, there's a spot where uh, 
Ernest Borgnine is has rats like to the left side. They're obviously real. Mm-hmm. This is big long uh, table, yeah, banquet tables filled with food. And on the left, there's very real ones, and then there's like a few fake ones sitting on like cakes because right. he hits them, and there's one that just tips over, yeah. just straight tips over. Yeah, he's hitting them with chairs, so that's definitely the fake ones I'm talking about. And then his death scene. Oh, okay. Like I'm pretty sure they're throwing rats across the room onto his face. <laughs> Uh, I think they do the same thing to Willard. He does this. And he calls them back. And then he goes, happy anniversary. <laughs> and then that's the end of the scene. <laughs> that's my favorite part of the whole movie. <laughs> um, he starts getting overwhelmed by the amount of rats and everything that he has. Yeah. Uh, things start not going well. And the rats are unhappy because he tells them it's about time for them to go. Yeah, at this point, his mom has died. The house is his. Uh, there's taxes. That's why he he takes that dude's money. Like, life is spinning out of control. Mm-hmm. And I I love work this. life, personal like personal life is the only thing going great. But he knows that the rats are going to get in the way of that. Uh, his mom's friend is that was the one that was there when mm-hmm. she died. Mm-hmm. She died in her arms. And she waited to tell Willard, and he gets there, and she's, like, rifling through the china cabinet to steal yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I loved that woman. She was... <laughs> she was great. She's... So over-the-top horrible that she's oh, just wonderful. Oh, Willard. Willard, <laughs> I knew you'd come back. <laughs> oh, is that your new car? <laughs> uh, there's the voices we were promised. Woo! Um... So the boss is trying to take over the house. Right. He wants to take down the house. He wants to Put knock it down. apartments. And he wants to build these apartments. But you know you got to have a parking space and a half for each tenant. For oh, each there's, apartment. there's plenty of room. Yeah, there's definitely. Room. It's just a house in downtown L.A. Yeah, it's fine. There's plenty of room. So Willard decides that he's got to deal with this rat situation, so he's going to drown them. Yeah. And fun fact about... Uh, the respiration systems, mm-hmm. respiratory systems of rats, is they have to breathe every four seconds or they will drown. Hmm. Because that's what he does. He puts them in a oh. box and puts them into the, <laughs> into the underwater for literally like 10 seconds at the most. But he waits till all the, the bubbles are gone when there's no oh, more okay. bubbles. And then he immediately pulls them up yeah. four or five times. Then there are no dead rats in there. This is... Okay. So you're... Uh, he gets fed up. He goes and he kills uh, his boss. And uh, well, his boss is killed. He kills the rats. He kills the boss with the rats. Yes, and then later, after he kills the boss, is when he drowns the rats. I apologize. Yes, sir. So the boss kills Socrates, which pisses Ben off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talking about rats. <laughs> the boss kills Socrates, which pisses Ben off. Yes. So they get revenge together by killing uh, Ornish Borgnine, Mr. Martin. And then Willard is like, okay, my life was spiraling out of control. But at this point, I've saved my house. I've gotten revenge on my boss. I got this great lady. These rats are in the way. 
and he says, see you later, Ben, closes the door and books it. Ben is none too happy with this. No. Um, but Willard decides he's going to move forward and he's figured out a plan mm. and he's going to poison them. Yes, once once Ben comes back, he's he's going to uh, poison all the rats. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is one problem with his plan, though. What did he fail to consider about Ben's abilities as he was getting ready to poison them? Ben, ben can, can read. Ben can read. <laughs> well, Socrates was smart. <laughs> so they show Ben like looking at the poisoned box. Mm-hmm. And then he goes after what they he all go after. Recognizes what it is, and then <laughs> makes his squeaky noises because Ben can read. Mm-hmm. And uh, they chase him up to the attic, and he yells, "I was good to you, Ben!" And then they kill him. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, I wish that they would have uh, established the antagon- antagonistic antagonistic side of ben like the the butting heads i feel like that was rushed yes i feel like that is w- done way better in something we're going to talk about here in a right bit. but i i i definitely like that ending i like that it was very bleak he he has uh what's her face over temp lady and literally shoves her out the door when he realizes ben is back yeah <laughs> he's like okay just trust me you gotta go you gotta go he opens up the door, she starts to leave, and he literally shoves her out the door. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, like I said, this is a not a bad film, but still a weird one to have, like, to turn into an IP. Um, it's fine. It's not fantastic, and I feel it's about as thin as you could make it while it still it holds any attention. Here's the thing. It's... A really weird premise, but it's really well acted. Uh, the you know the the story is simultaneously slow pa- slow paced and like, but not enough. It's slow in that not enough is happening. There's not enough ex- explanation going on. Not enough uh, character motivations. But the acting is really well. I thought the guy who played Willard. Was like perfect down on your luck schlub turn into really creepy guy. Uh, yeah, he um, we've seen him before. He was uh, the guy that played the piano in Lords of Salem. He was like the town uh, historian or whatever, and okay. you would know him more as the the senator from X Men that like gets turned into liquidy goo. Oh, huh, cool. Yeah, that's where you know him. Yeah. Yeah. From the worst X Men movie. I don't. I thought Wolverine was supposed to be really bad. Uh, I mean the Wolverine's okay. X Men Origins Wolverine is is pretty bad. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we'll make you watch those at some point too. Yeah, you keep saying that. No, the, those uh, aren't MCU movies. Oh, they're not. That, there's nine X. There's well. Uh, yeah, nine X-Men movies, about to be ten next month, or two months from now. Why has there been a Gambit movie? Like, he was the coolest character, and I think... Because he, he ever- was in X-Men Origins Wolverine, and they fucked his character, and he can't go back. 
It's real hard. But they gave Deadpool his own movie, and now he's getting a second one, and I'm really excited to see it. Hmm. Uh, so would you categorize, so the like the theme of X-Men, like the deeper thing is like there's this social thing with outcasts and not understanding people and things like that, right? Yeah. I feel like there is a running theme throughout this podcast of you pointing out my flaws in doing such a thing. Uh, what? And I feel, am I really racist? I don't think I am. <laughs> but I need to hash that out for a minute. You need validation I that need you're not valid- racist? I need validation. So, so, yeah, I don't know. Like the, we were talking about Chinese-Japanese mm-hmm. and not, I'm a mixed up mess. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Kind of an asshole for confusing those two cultures with the foot binding thing. You made a mistake, and of course I'm going to lay into you, because I'm your friend, mm-hmm. and it's a podcast. Uh, it's funny. Uh, then I said it was Chinese instead of Japanese? Yeah. Yeah. It, of course I'm going to hit on that. Yeah. Are we supposed to, are we trying to have a touching moment here? No, no, no. I was just trying to say that I really think that I am an asshole for having done that. And I should be chastised. So what I've been doing, you know, I've been reading a lot. Okay. So I've been starting to go nonfiction a little bit. All right. Um, so I got a book on the culture of China to try to learn some stuff. Nice. And I was lear- learning, and I was like looking through, and I was going through, and I'm like reading all mm-hmm. my book on China. And I don't know, there was like this really interesting part that I wanted to about show China, you here. About how they did foot binding? So there, what, what's up there in that top left corner on page 58 of China, Empire, and Civilization, Justin? Oh, it says foot binding. Because Japanese never did foot binding, motherfucker. It was all China. Really? Yes. That's. <laughs> I went to the library and got a Chinese book because I was like. <laughs> Dude, it was fourth grade. I don't remember. <laughs> no, but you were quick. Even right now, you were quick to chastise me and say, well, I'm going to not call you out on it when you were definitely wrong because it's definitely Japanese. Well, like, you're still an asshole. You still make racist jokes. You still, you're not quite in Kramer land, but you could, de- you're de- you definitely have the personality that you could no, go there. Here's the thing. I am fine with that because usually when I make a joke, not usually all the time, if I make a joke like that, it's a joke about being racist and he's fact checking me right now, I think. But even when we were having that conversation a week ago, I was like, I'm pretty sure he's wrong, but he said it with such confidence that I didn't want to keep going at you. And you left and I Googled that and I was like, motherfucker, I am right. There is no such thing as Japanese foot binding. Hmm. So anyway, asshole. <laughs> Here's the thing. <laughs> I have stuff in my head, and it may or may not be right. Oh, this but, t- It's not right. <laughs> but I say it with such authority and conviction that people believe me. So if I really wanted to, I could totally start a cult. Yeah, think so? Yeah. No, because you wouldn't fucking follow through on it. That's yeah, true. That's why, <laughs> I was, that's why the world is safe. You would... <laughs> You'd be like, everybody meet out here next week, all your possessions, and they would be just standing at like this empty bus stop with all their stuff. Yeah. Because you just ignored the alarm that was on your phone. But hey, that's how the Seventh-day Adventists start, started. Boom. I don't know what we can believe from you anymore. <laughs> they had a preacher that said the world was going to end, so they all went into this cave. They said the world's going to end in seven days. They all moved into this cave. Seven days later, the world didn't end. And they were like... 
well, this was an experience. Let's start. Let's start our own Christian denomination. Uh, so years ago, five, six years ago, maybe there was the rapture that was supposed to happen. Uh, like everybody got in circles and stood outside. And I remember we were driving and we saw a group of people that were standing around in circles in a circle. So it's like 20 people, 30 people, and they're all holding hands, like looking up to the sky, getting ready for the rapture because they're going to get called to heaven. Mm -hmm. And uh, spoilers, that didn't happen. But we saw them literally standing out there. And if I didn't have my kids with me, I would have pulled over to watch them when it was like 502, 503. And they're like, maybe God's. Maybe we're not synced, so let's give it give, give it 10, 10 after, give it 15. What, what time zone is God in? Give it to 15 after, okay. Maybe it was, maybe it's 6 our time. It's got, is God GMT? Is no. heaven GMT? Okay, do you, all right, well, it's 8.30 now. I think we're through all the time zones. You guys want to go to Applebee's? We'll go to, is everybody good with Applebee's? And that's how the, the seventh day Applebee's started. Perkins? Who wants Perkins. Bob, Bob, okay, they're going. All right, we'll just go home. What the fuck is Perkins? Perkins? You said who wants Perkins? Yeah, it's like a Midwest Bob Evans Applebee's thing. I'm in the Midwest. I've never heard of Perkins. That's because you were in one town in the Midwest. Yeah? Yeah, and you haven't heard of Perkins. That doesn't mean it's not in the Midwest. Okay. If it's a, if it's a Midwestern Bob Evans, why didn't you just say Bob Evans, which I is also a Midwestern Bob Evans. Bob Evans? I did say Bob Evans. That was in that bit. All right, whatever. <laughs> anyway, Willard, two thousand and three, Justin. What's our synopsis? Uh, it's the same movie. It's <laughs> my favorite <laughs> thing is it's not based off of the book. It's based off of it's based off of the movie. Yeah, it says adapted from the screenplay, which is adapted from a book. Uh, so we have Crispin Glover instead of Bruce Davidson here. And I think this might have been the first movie I'd ever seen Crispin Glover in. Okay. Because I saw this around 2003, 2004. Mm-hmm. And we, you and I were just out of high school and we were all like, fucking indie movies. That's all our, live, it, mm-hmm. all our lives are. So I think this might have been one you recommended me. Might have been. This movie uh, has a tumultuous past with me because if you remember, I gave my wife then girlfriend this and how of a thousand corpses on dvd mm-hmm. for our six month anniversary yeah didn't go great <laughs> still isn't going great because i told her about this and she's like i hate that movie <laughs> you like that movie no you gave it to me for blah blah i know <laughs> you made me hate that movie <laughs> um so we- who plays mr martin in this one Arlie Ermy. Hey, there's somebody you know. I do know Arlie Ermy. Um, but we open with him uh, putting his, Crispin Glover putting his mom to bed. And this is like, this is way better than the party scene in the original. Where it tells you whatever you need to know about his relationship with his mom. Mm-hmm. And like putting him down and being condescending. Because she tells him basically that. She's like, <laughs> you, you never had any balls. Yeah. Willard is such a weak name. Yeah, the name that we gave you. Yeah, Why couldn't you be named something strong like Mark or Kyle? We're going to call Clark. you Clark. We're going to call you Clark. Your now. name's now Clark. <laughs> Good night, Clark. <laughs> I love it. She waited until the man is almost 30 years old to change his name. The funny thing is, 
she's like, why couldn't you be named something strong like Mark or Kyle? And I was like, those aren't very strong names. She's like, or Clark. I was like, that's a strong name. That's a good name. It's like, yeah, your name's now Clark. It's like, his name should be Clark. <laughs> good night, Clark. His testicles night, just Clark. dropped. <laughs> like when she called him Clark, just they just fell out and then his voice dropped immediately. Yes, mama. <laughs> what do you need? <laughs> uh, they they have an opening theme, and they really like it because like the first twenty minutes they use it a hundred and seventeen times, and then at the end they have an ending theme which is based off of the opening theme, and they use it a hundred and seventeen times in the last twenty minutes. Do you know what that is? That is a song written by no, I'm sorry, performed by Crispin Glover called Ben. That is a cover of the Michael Jackson song called Ben. Not, uh, yeah, the credit song. Yeah. But that's not the theme. I'm sorry. I thought that's what you were. I thought no. you said they recycled that. I'm saying like the opening theme and then the, like the theme of the last yeah. 20 minutes. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. The closing but, song yeah, the is Crispin song. Glover. That's, I remember thinking that it was bad. <laughs> uh, I would much rather listen to Crispin Glover sing than Corey Feldman sing. Oh, yeah. But, I don't know, that Corey Feldman music video. Um, Did you ever watch the Losing the Tooth video? Yeah. It's pretty great, right? Yeah. But, oh, his, like, his video for, oh, God, it's like something on Infinity or something. Something really dumb. Uh, And he got some shitty energy drink, like, that's not even in stores to sponsor it. So, it's, like, over half of the video. And it's, like... The- this awesome pool party is like seven people in a dirty pool, but that's him. <laughs> that's him living his richest life. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, they should have just went the opposite way, where it's like an above ground pool with leaves and shit in it. You know, like no, he he. But woke that's up not him at all. But that's with not two him models, and went to bed with two models, and everything in between was a Corey Feldman dream. And my favorite part about that is they, like, dance and hats come down from the ceiling. And one, like, the rope is still attached and the guy can't get the rope, not a, like, <laughs> off of it. So he just, like, has to hold it there and dance awkwardly. Because it was all one take. Yeah. And that was, like, the 37th take. And they're like, we're not doing That's another one. That's as close as it's going to get. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an OK Go video, but without standards. So, so Arlie Ermey. Uh, lays into Willard pretty quick because he's late for his shift again. Mm-hmm. And during this big Arlie Ermey speech, um, and I use that both as a descriptor of who is giving it, but also the style of speech, because yeah. even if he wasn't giving it, even if he wasn't the actor, it would still be an Arlie Ermey style speech. Sure. So he's just screaming at him. And no less than three times he makes rat puns. He says... Uh, something about mice. He says rat race, and he says he would treat him like a drowned rat. Mm-hmm. Three times, one monologue. I think that's the time when uh, Marianne said this movie sucks, and she left. <laughs> she stayed through all of the original. Yeah. Um. So pretty quickly here, I think it's established a little quicker from my end that Arlie Ermy is unreasonable. Uh, compared to the boss in the first one, which there might be a debate about how reasonable he was. Yeah. Uh, Arlie Ermey is just like, yo, contractually, I have to keep your job as long as your mom is alive. Uh, 
but I'm just going to make your life fucking shit. At one point, he talks about a physical disciplinary reprimand. Yeah. What the fuck is that? Is he going to spank Willard? No. (laughs) I think he fucked up because he's supposed to say fiscal because he docks him a week's pay. Oh, okay. That makes sense. (laughs) I heard physical the first time, too, and he's like, he's docking him a week's pay. Oh, he said fiscal. I don't know if he did. I don't don't think he he did. did. I think he said physical. I think drill sergeant kicked in a bit. No. Which you you've seen Full yeah. Metal Jacket, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. We need to watch that for this podcast because uh, I think that it has enough horror elements. I just thought of a movie that we could do with it. Is it The Shining? No. We should do The Shining and that Kubrick off. Well, we'll do The Shining and The Shining. I would have thought. Ah, <sighs> uh, whatever. Have you seen the the TV version of The Shining? Uh, yeah. It's not as bad as the TV uh, Psycho with Vince Vaughn. That's not a TV. That was a full theater thing. That was a theater one. Didn't they? Okay, there was a TV Psycho, wasn't there? I mean, I there know. were three sequels, but I don't know about a TV version. Because the Vince Vaughn one was a shot-for-shot shot remake. Yes. I feel like they did a made-for-TV Remake not well. shot for shot remake, but just a regular remake. That might be true. I'm not going to take a stance on that. I could be wrong. Hmm. Just like the foot binding thing. <laughs> which which you were wrong on. Yeah. Okay. Just checking. I'll admit when I'm wrong. Okay. Just checking. Uh physical reprimand. Um so Willard gets home, he's got a shitload of stuff to do. There are rats in the basement. Okay, before that, he gets, so, one of the quirks that Willard has is he's always, like, winding, every time he gets home, he winds this grandfather clock, and they kind of nod to that with this, like, shitty glass dome clock, Mm -hmm. and he, like, resets it, like, ten minutes. My grandparents had that same clock. It was never fucking ten minutes off. It was working just fine. The bottom shit was spinning. So, he's been neglecting that for a while. So you're criticizing somebody for being not being <laughs> for being on, on task, yeah. yeah. Okay. Also, uh, I feel like I've I or someone in my family have owned every single one of the clocks in this movie. I don't know why. That's exciting when that happens. And we've <laughs> talked about that before. Like, oh, we had that phone. You like try telling people, and you're like, I don't give a shit. It's an old shitty phone from the '90s. Why do I care? No, I had that same phone. It's the same phone. That one over there. Oh, it was that Carlton's using. We had that phone. Yeah, he is way too far from the base for that shit to be working. I know I, yeah. that, that would not work that and far from the base. you couldn't have more than a 20-minute conversation on that one. No, the battery sucked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, so he ends up with Socrates, who he named Socrates because he decides that he's smart, mm-hmm. on uh, a sticky glue trap. Right. He says, other than the fact that you got caught in a trap, you're pretty smart. <laughs> So where's the first where's the first movie didn't give a lot of explanations? Like he doesn't he just names him Socrates. He's like, that seems like a good name. And then later finds out that he's smart. Here he's like they try to give the explanations for everything, but they're just bad and kind of off the cuff and nonsense. I don't know. You I think that's how you would you would name a rat that you just stumbled across. What? But how did he know that he's smart? 
Other than the fact that he didn't try to bite him when he was getting him out of the trap. He doesn't know that he's smart. I mean, he's attributing that. People always think that their kids are smart. (laughs) They're not. Their kids are dumb. Sure. I get that. But he says the line, other than getting caught in this (laughs) trap, you seem smart. Um... So this is where the romanticism with the rats start in this as well. Pretty quick, he's befriended all of these rats in the basement, and he is feeding them frequently. Mm-hmm. And he's giving them numb nuts. Did you see the... Is that what they were called? They're called numb nuts, N-U-M-M, nuts. And I'm like, that's pretty hilarious. Good job for you, movie. And me, I was just like, he left that lid open. They're just going to eat all of them. <laughs> they don't need to come for him for food if they, he just leaves lids open. <laughs> Uh, so Arlie Ermey ends up uh, having this big speech about how he's got this really nice car to make sure that uh, everybody knows that he's successful. So it's a successful business. So they keep coming to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Willard decides this is where he's going to make his his mark. Yeah. Whereas the first movie was very lackadaisical and, and they kind of build up and then just kind of things kind of come out of nowhere Mm -hmm. this movie moves really fast like even some of the cuts seem kind of abrupt yeah no it it it's like fucking we got shit to do it flies an hour 40 to do it let's do this it's exactly what it feels like yeah uh so ben takes the rats oh we haven't established ben yet yeah he again you're big big ben i'm giving you a reason why i named you ben (laughs) Uh, so Big Ben is actually like this marsupial rat, like from like Argentina or something, because this is fucking huge. Like yeah. this is the size of like a liter bottle, is how big this rat it's is. The size of a liter cola. A liter of cola. I just want a goddamn liter of cola. Just get a large farva. I don't want a large farva. <laughs> that movie comes out in like four weeks. Yeah, it's gonna disappoint everyone. Oh, I hope it's no Anchorman 2, because Anchorman 2 was shit. I don't like Will Ferrell. What? Have you seen the original Anchorman? Yeah, I'm not a fan. It is amazing. I, I There are things that he can be funny in, but I don't like him. Like, I will like something in spite of Will Ferrell, not because of Will Ferrell. Uh, Stranger Than Fiction? Uh, I've watched once and don't recall much about it. The movie's great. Is that the narration one? Yeah. Yeah, I don't recall. Um, so Ben is a huge ass rat, mm-hmm. uh, and he's he, good at chewing, but immediately there's some tension between Willard and Ben. And this yeah. is established from the very beginning that they're frenemies. Right. Right. Uh, and it's little things like Willard won't let him go in the bag with him because then there won't be room for anybody else. Which is again, like big Ben and like Socrates, that's a dumb thing. Like it's just there for tension. Like, you'll fill up the whole bag. No, he'll just be as big as he is. And he's a better chewer than the two rats that will take that he'll take the space of. But it doesn't mean that Willard is right. It means that he doesn't... It could You could say that Willard doesn't like Ben, so he's making an excuse why Ben can't go. Sure, but he immediately is like, oh, look, another one. I'm going to name you Big Ben. Fuck you, Ben. It's weird and abrupt. It is well. It is well established. Once it, it is abrupt. But once it's established, they do a much better job of establishing the the relationship. 
but I feel like why he hates him comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, okay, I can give you that point. Um, so they go to Arlie Army's house. They rats chew under the garage door, and then they chew all the tires up on his brand new car, mm-hmm. which he keeps covered in the garage. Yeah. That's weird, right? Yeah, and he tells his wife, you're not making a goddamn bed. Screaming at her to, <laughs> while she's helping him put on the cover. <laughs> Uh, he's a giant asshole. It's great. He is the biggest asshole. And he's not a drill sergeant or a cop. Nope. He's so just a businessman. He's just a businessman, played by Arlie Ermey, who uh, is Arlie Ermey. Yeah, he just plays Arlie Ermey. Yeah. That's all he's doing. I was like, this is nice. So he's not a cop or or a drill sergeant or anything, but he's, yeah, he's just playing... Arlie Ermey. So the next scene, Arlie Ermey comes in and he's late for work after he said he's never been late for work ever. Mm-hmm. And he has to tell the harrowing story about how he had just had to ride the subway. Yeah. And Crispin Glover just has a giant boner the whole time. Like he's just jerking off under the table as he's telling the story. Like he can't contain his excitement at hearing this. Like, come on. Just, you, just act a little, a little more subtly. <laughs> you can revel. Because everyone's reveling, but you're reveling too much. <laughs> That's a little much. Uh, so the animosity continues to grow and climax with Ben and the other rats killing mom. Yeah, because he won't let Ben into his room. Only Socrates gets to be upstairs. Yes. Ben has to stay in the cellar with the rest of them. Um, one thing that I don't like around this point is that it's the first time I think around now that he says it. And he says it twice, and it's so, so nail on the head. He's like, if anything ever happened to you, Socrates, if you died, I would never be able to go on. It would be the worst thing ever if you died, Socrates. Yeah. And he does that twice. He's like, I'll, I'll never, you know, I'll never let anything bad happen to you ever. I promise. Okay. That's a little nail on the head, but whatever. And then the next 20 seconds are him going... I promise, I promise, I promise, I promise. Like, come on, dude. Like, I get it. You're not even foreshadowing anymore. This is five shadowing. <laughs> uh, so he has to bury Mama. He has to bury his mom. Yeah. And he's at the wake. He's got her in the casket and everything, and this guy shows up, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry about your mother. By the way, I've been trying to get a hold of you. You're not going to be able to keep the house. Your life is ruined. Mm-hmm. And then Crispin Glover loses his shit and starts to get really upset. I have fucking been there. Losing my shit over something that's like, this, I have absolutely no control over this situation. Uh, and that sucks. It's totally unfair, but I'm going to scream at how it's unfair. But I'm powerless here. Uh, totally been there. But do you want to, can we talk about that? Or is sure. that big? I don't, what? I don't know that I can think of an example, oh. but... I'm like, I, I, I'm not an idiot. I'm not naive. I understand that the world isn't fair. But the way my brain works is on a fairness doctrine and uh, society, societal rules and stuff. And so when like shit happens that I feel is like really unfair, if, you know. At a certain level, like, you can just scream at the fucking world. Hmm. Like, uh, 
I just wanted to see like you yelling at somebody at Discount Tire because no. they told you that they couldn't repair the nail in your tire and you had no. to get it. Re- you had I, to buy a new tire. I've worked in retail. I don't go off on retail people. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you can't do for, that. That's for the record. Okay. The I'm reason, not angry at you. I'm angry at the, the situation. For the record, the reason that I wanted to hear that story was so I could hear you being an asshole, not for somebody <laughs> else being treated like shit. <laughs> uh, but you you have a wife and kids. Do you have that like. I'm sure you have that that man instinct of you know protect. So like when somebody gets sick, and there's literally nothing you can do, that's like the fucking worst situation. Um, I feeling helpless is one like among my least favorite feelings, and that sounds stupid because I'm sure it's everyone. But like <laughs> feeling helpless like makes me hyperventilate and shit. Um, my youngest son spent a weekend in the e in the nick you once mm-hmm. um because he had not meningitis what's the other one that's very sounds uh, like encephalitis maybe something and it was like so we were there and he was a little baby and he was hooked up to an iv the whole time and we were like we know he's going to be here and he's going to be on fluids and we're going to leave but we were feeling bad for ourselves feeling sorry for ourselves, feeling sorry for him, upset that we couldn't go home, mm-hmm. but then feeling guilty because there's people next door who aren't going to get to go home. Yeah. There's people on the other side that might get to go home someday. You know, like, so then I feel guilty for being happy that I get to go home. Then I feel guilty for being upset that I'm even there and I should feel like I'm the lucky ones. But yeah. then I'm upset because other people's kids aren't sick at all. Like, it, it's just like every combination of emotions you can give, none of yeah. which are rational. You know, yeah, it's exactly. not, it's not like, yeah. Um, I think that's the problem with you and I is that we're intelligent and empathetic. So when we have feelings, we also have feelings about those feelings that we're having. <laughs> yeah. So well, I'm feeling guilty for feeling guilty right now, but I feel dumb for feeling guilty for feeling guilty. Exactly. I should, yep. eat, I should go eat something. Yep. <laughs> that, that'll numb all this. <laughs> he's not making noises he's actually eating right over there folks <laughs> good nugs um there's also the love interest in this movie also yeah um who is the one person that i don't feel was casted better in this movie uh because the other woman was so adorable okay but i feel like everybody else in this movie was pretty much cast better really Okay. Not that I dislike the first ones, uh-huh. but I feel like you took the concept of the angry boss and got Arlie Ermey. You took the weirdo and got Crispin Glover. You took the mean, nasty mom and got whoever that was. <laughs> and I feel like that's what you need. You took yeah, a big rat and gave it a bigger rat. It's true. <laughs> it's, that was a bigger rat. Yeah. Fuck you, original Ben. <laughs> Uh, every rat that we saw in these movies is dead. Every single one of them. Mm-hmm. There's not one that's alive. Nope. Even the little baby mice, those babies are dead. Yep. Some of them died as babies. They did. They Probably. got eaten by those other ones on yeah. the set. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Nature. Uh, so she give this. The love interest gives uh, him a cat. Which he puts into the house and it was immediately greeted by a thousand rats. Which happens in the first movie as well, but he at least leaves it with a dude in a phone booth. 
Yeah. She's like, here, can you hold on to this? He's like, what? I, I guess. He just drives away. <laughs> I got a cat now. I, I want to see that guy's movie. Like yeah. the, the escapades of that guy that got that cat. <laughs> That'd be great. That's another movie. That's yeah. the sequel to Willard. Um, So. It's called Ted. <laughs> Shit, there's already a movie called Ted. Fuck. <laughs> Nailed it. So. So. Uh, this Theodore. this cat, <laughs> this cat, like Ted, but more gets uh, gets chased up to the top of uh, an armoire. Yeah, and the rats chew it, so that it has to collapse, and they take this cat out. Yeah, and the cat like gets into the cellar, and it makes a leap for freedom, and then Ben bites its paw, and it has like its Simba moment. <laughs> It falls. <laughs> it was a Simba moment. Was, yeah, or uh, Mufasa. Not so, yeah, not Simba, Mufasa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Then we have our Socrates death scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, shocking! Nobody saw this coming. <laughs> Definitely not Crispin Glover. Nope. We don't know how he's going to feel, or what his reaction is going to be. No. Uh, I do appreciate how, like, immediately he was like telling ben there was nothing he could do and like mourning kind of there uh but the whole what could i do what could i do what can i do what can i do what can we do i feel like that that kind of thing happened a lot in this movie i like that he put socrates with his mother's ashes his dad's ashes his dad's ashes i'm sorry yeah Uh, his dad who's all the photos do you know who that was uh, th- I thought it was Willard. Yep, it's Bruce Davidson, the ri- okay. the original Willard. Yeah, so that was a nice little homage right there. I was there. like, I thought that was him, but face blindness. Yep, yep, it was him. Um, so he's done. He's gonna go after Arlie Ermy, mm-hmm. and we get our awesome elevator shot with a billion rats flowing out from the elevator. Yeah, looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty awesome. And in the first one, he like shuts him in a in an office. In this one, he's like, "Bye, Ben." And hits the elevator to go down. He's still at the top of a building. How does he get down? <laughs> That's got to be awkward. Like, see you, Ben. <laughs> Shit, I need that elevator. You ever, um, I always do that. Like, if you, you see somebody or whatever in the grocery store, and you, like, greet them and have that conversation. Yeah. And then when you see them two or three more times because you're going down the other aisles together, you like, <laughs> do you greet? We are in five. <laughs> you just, yep, like. Seven. <laughs> I need cereal, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. We just, we. Uh, yeah, we. I didn't mean that we'd call each other either. Okay, good. Okay. Then they leave, and you're like, "Fuck it, we gotta sit here for like <laughs> ten minutes." Yeah, I don't want to be caught into him again. <laughs> like Kevin's fine, I guess, but come on, it only takes so much Kevin in there per decade. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just <laughs> talked to him twelve years ago. What else does he want? Shh. He knows this is the Walmart that I go to. What the fuck is he doing I'm, here? I'm good till 2028, <laughs> at least. Uh, before. He he goes for Arlie Ermy. Uh, Arlie Ermy decides that he's gonna release some steam. Got a little pressure built up, so he goes to Peekaboo Web. Oh, and he's gonna look at some porn. Yeah. Uh, even th- like he was downloading porn like it was 1995, but this was supposed to be 2003. Yeah. Also, yeah, this this movie does a lot of five shadowing. Where they kept showing the mouse. 
and him clicking on it. At one point, he clicks on the mouse and enters a bunch of digits into Excel. He like clicks on the the mouse four times, and it's like five plus sign percent sign seven from him clicking on the mouse. And they keep showing the mouse, and they keep showing the mouse, and then oh my god, it's a rat! Like we get it. We knew what was going to happen. What is the time. time frame when you start when you see the initial uh, booby on pornography? To okay. when you were masturbating. What is the time frame? Uh, 30 seconds, half hour, what's... It depends. Yeah. Like, am I home alone and I can kind of take my time? Sure. Or You're in the office by yourself. Oh, I'm in the office by myself. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing this at work. Well, like Arlie Ermey. Oh, okay. Well, I guess if I'm the boss, if I'm the owner of the company, yeah. it's basically mine anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I I like to take my time. Because Arlie Ermey definitely did. Like, I felt like he was just warming up for the longest time because there was nothing happening. He was just looking at it, yeah. getting ready to. I, I might spend half an hour warming up. Holy shit. A half hour? Sure. Wow. If if I have the time, I will, I will spread this out to like a two-hour affair. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this is not the answer that I was expecting. <laughs> really? Holy shit. <laughs> There's a... Uh, gotta be tantric with that shit no Mm-mm. it's just like i don't have time for uh, but you have all the time in the world i have no time for anything the scenario <laughs> is i have all the time yeah in the world. no that's true that's true um so i guess that's true i guess if i ever had that much time i might <laughs> might go down your path as well but yeah i don't think i've wow well, I'm, yeah. it's impressive being, let me tell you being the only child of a mom who worked all the time growing up i grew up with the internet mm-hmm. like i i I came of age right as the internet started, mm-hmm. so good time. I had time. <laughs> okay. I got home from school. I had a couple hours. All right. I guess How, my what else was I going to do? I guess my point is moot. Yeah. Okay. Um. So he takes out Arlie Ermy, mm-hmm. gets home, and uh, tells them they need to get lost. Yeah. And we get the same thing. Ben is not happy with this answer. Well, yeah, he he kills all the rats with a like a bug bomb or something, mm-hmm. some sort of pest bomb, and then he burns their corpses, which is, I don't know, weird that he's just snow shoveling up a bunch of rat corpses into a, a <laughs> barrel. But I'm like, you know what? That's probably the the best way to do it. That's uh, it's the most efficient. Way. Yeah, yeah, it's it's efficient. Burn, you know, you burn biohazard waste, right? You incinerate it. Yeah. That's what you do. Yeah. Um, but Ben doesn't go quietly. No. Uh, yeah. Catherine shows up, and uh, that's when he finds Ben is there, and so he shoves her out the door again, <laughs> and goes to confront Ben. Uh. I don't remember what he tries to do. Oh, yeah, he has the rat trap in the bag. Mm-hmm. Kind of lame. I prefer the poison plan to rat trap. I'm going to throw, basically throw a rat trap at a rat. It worked. It caught his leg. But what does Ben do? He just fucking gnaws off his leg. <laughs> That's pretty like, awesome. That's know. pretty awesome. Yeah. He, a badass rat. Yeah, he went total, total James Franco on that arm. Yeah. Uh and he ends up in an insane asylum? Yeah, he kills Ben mm-hmm. with the, his dad's uh, pocket knife. Mm-hmm. 
and ends up in an insane asylum. But he's faking it because he finds another rat and he's just like, hey, we just need to fake it and then we'll be out of here. End of movie. Yeah. I remember there are alternative endings and I wish that I would have watched them Hmm. because I I feel like alternative could be substituted for better. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you've seen the Paranormal Activity videos, movies, right? Yeah. Uh, Have you seen the alternate ending ending to the first one? Mm, I don't remember. I think so. Uh, I've never seen the movie, but I've seen the alternate ending, and I'm like, well, whatever ending they went with is garbage because this should have been the ending. What was it? Uh, Like, the woman is in bed, and, like, the cops show up, and basically she attacks and kills the cops, and there's, like, a, I don't know, basically everybody dies. I like endings where everybody dies. Maybe that says something about me. <laughs> Can't be good. Uh, are we missing anything from the O3 Willard? I don't know. Crispin Crispin Glover was perfect casting for this. I yeah, said it yeah. before, and yep, yeah, you were correct. Uh, so seventy one or O3? Uh, I I was totally set to go O3. I said it last week. I I think I actually like seventy one better. Yeah. Uh, I, it, it, it's not as good of a movie, but it has more charm, and it uh, I, I enjoyed it more. Okay, I will go with the O three because I don't feel I feel like anytime you have Arlie Ermy trying to yell at Chrisman Glover is a recipe for success, and they were just playing themselves, and it was wonderful. Yeah, I, I did I love Arlie Ermy. I did not like him in this. No, uh, I thought Ernest Borgnine was much better, okay. Mr. Martin. Um, so this is the first time I think we've delved into this subgenre. Uh, apparently, the, the, the subgenre was started by this. If you're talking about animal horror, I was talking about rats specifically, oh. but animal horror, yeah. Apparently, Willard's surprise had like a big box office that nobody expected, mm-hmm. and basically started a whole uh, genre of animal horror in the '70s. Yep, that's true. Uh, Thanks, IMDb. Yeah, I read that too. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Um. Next week? Next week. Um, okay. I'm assuming you were segueing because we're going to watch more rat movies? Maybe. Is it Ratatouille? No. <laughs> really? Well, there you go. Where Willard ended, <laughs> Ben begins. And this time he's not alone. Is it called Ben or is it called Ben Begins? It's called Ben. Okay. Uh, that's a bunch of people being eaten and one lady with huge boobs. All right. So full disclosure, mm-hmm. I've not seen Ben. Okay. But the concept for me that this movie had a sequel <laughs> is mind blowing. Where, where the movie Willard, where Willard dies at the end. Yes. Has a sequel. <laughs> it's good. It just, it's named after a one single rat. I love. I like how these are both from the library. Yeah. Not only did the library have these, but they were like, "No one's fucking doing <laughs> this, so we'll sell them to the public." To no, some, no, no. To some schmuck. I didn't buy them. These are rentals. Yeah. Oh wow. They still have them. Yeah. Right then. Yeah. So what are we going to see in Ben, Justin? Uh, we are going to see a rat killing a bunch of people and uh, some 
lady with glasses and big boobs and a sweater. Uh, I think it seems pretty straightforward that it's just going to be about a rat who <laughs> leads an army of rats, right? <laughs> that's my assumption because uh, I haven't seen this. If it can't, it can't that's got to be, be more it, than that. No, that's got to be. It, this, I, this had to have went from like the subtle, like, we can understand Willard's plight. This is just going to be who's the next victim of rats. This is 1972. This is the next year. Yeah. Like, I feel like good. this this is going to be full horror. Like, whereas that was like subtle family drama type things. This has got to be all horror. The very satisfying sequel to the classic Willard. And this movie has an Oscar nominated theme song. That's the Michael Jackson song. It's Ben. Wait, are you serious? I swear to God. That's the Michael Jackson song. Michael Jackson wrote a song called Ben for this movie. What? That's what Crispin Glover was covering. What? It's Michael Jackson's song called Ben for this movie. Crispin Glover covered it for the remake of Willard. Called Ben. <laughs> I feel like you feel like this is just a movie that I just made up. Like I designed the cover. <laughs> and like Everything you've just said, there's zero chance it exists. <laughs> That Michael Jackson. It has this like 1972. Like, I, I, thriller has either just happened or is on its way. <laughs> yeah. No, thriller was in the 80s. I think this is a big deal, dude. I feel like this was a big deal. What? <laughs> Have you ever been so awestruck that something existed? <laughs> Ben's song sung by Michael Jackson on Motown Records. What? <laughs> what is going on? You just you just jumped into a parallel universe. Uh, <laughs> that's as crazy as when you find out that uh, Michael Jackson uh, did music on Sonic Three. I think it was Sonic. Maybe it was Sonic One. But yeah, he was in the studio doing music and shit, and they like wrote everything. And then, like, he pulled out of the last second or something, and there's the no 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 one has come forth saying yes or no that the the tracks on the actual video game are Michael's or not. Oh, that's cool. Didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, second movie for next week. Second movie. Ooh, this is a Blu-ray. Tonight they will rise from the darkness beneath the cities. Dot dot dot. To feed. This is called Deadly Eyes, and it's the most generic cover ever. It is eyes, uh, like a fence that has been eaten, chewed through, and New York City backdrop, skyline. Uh, hey, look, it's people getting eaten by rats. Spoilers! <laughs> Didn't see that coming. <laughs> Meet my, mankind's deadliest enemy. Uh, never heard of any of these people. So, what are we gonna see in Deadly Eyes, Justin? <laughs> uh, special features: new interviews with a bunch of people and art director Nickley Dalton. Nick Ninky Ninky? That's a name. That's a person's name. Ninky Dalton. Uh, I haven't heard of any of these people. Uh, this came out in 1982. That was the year. That my girlfriend was born. Other than that, 
no idea. What are we going to... Every year they plunder one-fifth of our food. That can't be right. That can't be a real statistic. <laughs> 20% of all food in... Even if that's just New York, that can't be right. <laughs> Maybe this is a future universe when that's true. Based on the novel The Rats by James Herbert and a screenplay by London Smith. Is this a remake? Because it says it's based on the novel The Rats and a screenplay by London Smith, screenplay by Charles Egley. I think this is itself a remake. Oh, fuck. If that's the case, I you just fucked up. I just fucked up bad. You fucked up hard. <laughs> this is what you get for not reading. That's true. Reading, not reading has always mm-hmm. uh, hurt you. Like, it's, it's, I've been wanting to talk to you about this. Mm-hmm. You should read more. <laughs> about china first japanese culture yeah. yeah okay that sounds fair about, you know about the world yeah um deadly eyes or ben what are you gonna prefer uh the oscar nominated movie duh even if it's just for michael fucking jackson <laughs> how how did that happen just what else you got for us I, literally nothing <laughs> 